Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox. I'm the Compliance Evangelist, and I'd like to welcome you to this special five-part podcast series sponsored by Affiliated Monitors, which celebrates Affiliated Monitors' 15 years in business as the first entity specializing in independent integrity monitoring. Founded in 2004, Affiliated Monitors provides independent integrity monitoring and ethics and compliance assessments nationally and internationally and across almost all industries. With its knowledge of effective ethics and compliance programs and cultures, Affiliated Monitors is respected for its work as the corporate monitor on matters ranging from multinational corporations to small and mid-sized companies and even individuals. Having served in nearly 750 monitorships, no one has more experience as an independent monitor than the team at Affiliated Monitors. For more information on how an independent monitor can help improve your company's ethics and compliance programs, visit this podcast series sponsor, Affiliated Monitors, at www.affiliatedmonitors.com. In this special five-part podcast series, I visit with Rod Grandin. Rod is the Managing Director of Monitoring Services for Affiliated Monitors in the Washington, D.C. area. We take up the timely topic of federal contractor responsibility for compliance and ethics. It's a fascinating five-part series, which includes an introduction to the topic, what the government expects in compliance and ethics, how small business programs may have certain flexibilities, why are people still talking about compliance and ethics programs in the federal contracting space, and we conclude with a fascinating exploration of Rod's thoughts on how to keep your compliance program fresh. I know you'll enjoy it, whether or not you are in the federal space, public space, or private space. There are lots of lessons learned in this special five-part series. This five-part series is sponsored by Affiliated Monitors, and it is a special presentation of the Compliance Podcast Network. Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox, back for another episode with Rod Grandin. Rod's the Managing Director of Monitoring Services in Washington for Affiliated Monitors. Rod, uh, first of all, welcome back. Thank you, Tom. Rod, uh, I get to start this podcast with a question I've wanted to ask you for some time, probably since uh, the time I met you, which is, why are we still talking about this? Yeah, you know, I think it's it's a it's a fascinating question. Um, you know, Sarbanes-Oxley years, decades, over a decade ago, sort of kicked off this notion that, you know, responsibility considerations at the corporate level had to be ingrained in business operations. Since 2007, the Federal Acquisition Regulation, which is applicable to the federal contracting community, has required that uh, business ethics and uh, uh, conduct be a part of a contractor's approach to doing business with the federal government. Uh, and now here we are, uh, what, 2019, we're, we're, we're 12 years down the road almost from when these regulations began requiring uh, contractors to embrace uh, ethical conduct in their business operations and to consider what type of internal controls they had in place. So going from where these requirements there's always going to be, you know, an adjustment period. Um, and as I mentioned in yesterday's broadcast, large business concerns that do that contractors that do business with the federal government, particularly in the Department of Defense area, have over the past ten years 
committed themselves and made investment into very excellent programs. Um, looking around, I'm always amazed at the defense community and, and how take, they take on these challenges and the money that, uh, that they're, they end up investing to build the policies, procedures, controls, to hire the people to run these programs, to train their workforce, and to test the effectiveness of their program. Uh, it's, it's very commendable what has occurred at that level. Um, but as I mentioned in yesterday's broadcast, this is not trickling down, um, and, and that's unfortunate. Uh, my experience is that major contractors are being pushed, uh, particularly in the last couple of years, to promote greater integrity within their supply, their respective supply chain, whether it's for uh, goods or whether it's for services. Uh, a lot of responsibility, a lot of obligations are imposed on the primes to make sure that you know good performance is occurring throughout their their supply chain, and yet problems persist. Now, interestingly, my observation is that the problems are not necessarily coming from the large business concerns, the larger contractors. As part of this sort of overall in the 2008 time frame. Uh, the regulation that had this business ethics and conduct requirement uh, also established, or in 2008, established a requirement that uh, contractors actually disclose instances of misconduct that they discover within their, their operations. And while there was some fumbling around in, the, say, 2008, 2009, 2010, as businesses tried to figure out how they should respond to this rule, this requirement, what you see by 2011 and 12 are large business concerns have now begun to invest in very sophisticated ethics compliance programs. These programs are helping them to prevent misconduct from occurring, but also helping them to identify misconduct when it occurred. And when they did make these, uh, did identify misconduct, they were now required under the applicable regulations to disclose that to the government. And they did so. And what I've observed is that corporations, major defense contractors, began shifting this from a defensive response to a more offensive uh, sort of a positioning. In other words, when this conduct was discovered, they offered up on a plate in these written disclosures the individual employees that they believe the evidence established had engaged in this misconduct. And their position frequently was not the company. It's not the company that did this. It is these individuals. We had in place appropriate policies, procedures, code of conduct. We trained. We did everything we were supposed to do. And yet these employees did what they did. We identified it. And now we are telling you just as we are required to do. And frequently, the enforcement community would would accept that as, okay, uh, it's the individuals, not the company. So this was all goodness at the top. But again, at the bottom levels, small businesses in particular struggle with what is it that they are really required to do? And what can they afford given, obviously, far lower revenues, uh, 
far fewer employees and a more limited scope of their business operations. And frankly, a lot of small businesses, a lot of medium-sized businesses either ignored this altogether in their pursuit of business and revenues, and they did so at their own peril, or they built an infrastructure, that is, they put in place a written policy, set of policies and procedures. They put in place a written code of conduct. Maybe they provided some training, but in most cases, this was all a paper exercise. It never transcended into a way of doing business. Um, and so we continue to have these lapses. And I don't mean to just pick on small businesses. My goodness, uh, you know, recent history, we can look at the Volkswagen scandal, which is just still befuddles me that a major corporation would let um, that type of conduct run rampant uh, in its organization in today's, in today's post, uh, you know, post-contractor responsibility requirements. And admittedly, Volkswagen is, is not a big player in the federal marketplace, but still, it happens there. It, it can continue to happen, and that's why vigilance is required. Diligence is required. Um, and you can never, even, even the best programs can go stale if there's not renewed focus all the time to ensure that integrity is, is being made a way of doing business within the, the, the company. So, Rod, is one of the ways to do that is to look at the large prime contractor, if I can use that phrase, and require them to uh, vet, perform due diligence, and even perhaps provide monitoring and oversight of their subcontractors as well? Well, if that's not, there's no requirement that they do that, but most, con, well, let me step back. In the federal environment, uh, there is a prohibition on subcontracting with entities that have been suspended or debarred for contracts or subcontracts over $30,000. So most businesses do engage in a review of what is called the system of acquisition management. It's S. AM.gov. It's a web-based exercise. It lists all companies that have been suspended or debarred or otherwise excluded from the federal marketplace. Most companies do go check that. Uh, immigration status has become a, a big uh, uh, point of, of, of diligence as well. But outside those type of, of easy web-based checks, uh, there's there's really not a lot of vetting that goes on. Um, again, once you get outside the upper tiers, it's uh, um, it, it's whether it's vetting of employees, vetting of business relationships at the sub or supplier uh, tier. There's it occurs at the top. The challenge is to push it down throughout the supply chain, and uh, this just requires uh, that government and industry alike continue to promote these themes just as you do in your in your your efforts your compliance related efforts this messaging just needs to be kept fresh and ever present Ron, unfortunately we are near the end of our time for this episode uh but i wanted to to um thank you again and hope that our listeners will join us for our fifth and final episode uh, in our next episode, which uh, we take a look at keeping it fresh. So I look forward to continuing the conversation, Rod. All right. Thanks, Tom. 
Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox again. I hope you've enjoyed this episode of a special five-part series on federal contractors and compliance programs. I hope you'll join us again for another episode. This special series has been sponsored by Affiliated Monitors, and you can check out more information on Affiliated Monitors at their website, www.affiliatedmonitors.com. This is Tom Fox. I'm the Compliance Evangelist. Thanks so much for listening, and I look forward to visiting with you again. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.